Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go ahead and uh, begin with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to once again come together and uh, dive into the scriptures. And especially, Lord, as we tackle the topic of, of servant leadership, be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope and pray that you have enjoyed our series so far, that of being called. Uh, we focus, you know, um, what does it mean to be called? having a heart for others, being generous with our times and our, our talents and resources. And now finally, leadership. Now, John C. Maxwell, very famous Christian author actually, once said, everything rises and falls on leadership. And when we look to Jesus on leadership, we see a leader who led by example. He looked to others first before his needs. And so this week, we're going to learn what are the key characteristics of servant leadership? So when we look at Jesus, number one, he is our ultimate example of how we should live our lives. Now, there's a story told of Sam Rayburn. I mean, who is Sam Rayburn? <laughs> well, he served as the Speaker of the House and the Representatives in Congress many, many years ago. And so he commanded a lot of respect and authority and responsibility. And one day he received word that a friend's daughter had died. So early the next day, Sam, he knocked on the door of his friend's home. And when his friend opened the door, he asked him if there was anything he could do. He indicated that all of the arrangements were already being handled and taken care of. So Rayburn then asked, well, have you had a cup of coffee? And father responded, no, we just, we just haven't had time. So Sam then indicated he walked inside that he would make him a cup of coffee. And so as he was making his, the coffee, his, his friend asked him, I thought you were supposed to have breakfast with the president this morning. Sam then responded with, well, I was, but I called the president and told him I had a friend who was in mourning and I couldn't come. I don't know anyone who would probably decline an invitation to meet with the president of the United States, probably one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful and influential position in the world. Yet Sam Rayburn exercised great humility by declining breakfast with the president and tended to his friend who was grieving. Now, in the book of John, there's a story that is very revealing of, of Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. In fact, in John 3, verse 22, it says, After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized now, John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. And this was before John was put in prison. An argument develops between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one who testified about, look, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. Oh, John's disciples are feeling a little insecure right now. And to this, John replied, a person can only receive what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Messiah, 
but is sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. And when you look at this story, there's a lot going on. Before even Jesus' ministry begins, his cousin John, the Baptist, has been preparing the way for him. In fact, it was even uh, spoken of in, I believe, Isaiah, where he's you know, going to share that he who is greater than him is going to come and teach and preach and testify. And John has influence. I wouldn't say in prestige because... In some passages, it indicates like he wore camel's hair and a leather belt. But scripture also points out that he also ate locusts and wild honey, not exactly living it up. Some initially thought that he was the Messiah, but he had to remind people, hey, no, I am not the Messiah. In fact, I'm just basically, I'm a forerunner to make you aware that he is coming. And yet his own disciples see that Jesus' disciples are baptizing people. And the crowd is shifting they're focused to Jesus instead of John, and so they're worried about John's influence. Some might be concerned about losing their people and maybe credibility, but what this all boils down to is pride and ego. It can be a very slippery and dangerous slope if you start to believe in it. But John responds with a beautiful point that he simply was just a messenger and faithfully carried out. And now his the next phase of his ministry was to support Jesus. Well, of course, he supported him the whole time, but in a different manner. In fact, in verse 3, John points out that he must become greater. I must become less. John, model example of humility. Now, when it comes to, to humility, Jesus' best example can be found in John 13. I think it's important that we go through to this uh, this chapter, and I know we've talked a little bit about it, especially around communion, but as I was reading uh, this one article this last week, uh, the author, he really pointed out a couple things that I think that, man, I think it would be good. In fact, I want to give credit to Derek, the, the guy who wrote this article. So Jesus and the disciples. Jesus displays what true leadership is in the example that he's going to uh, set. So in John 13, verse 1, number 1, Jesus displays unconditional love. And we too should follow in example. So in verse 1 of John 13, it says, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, okay, he loves his disciples. He loved them to the end. What a beautiful passage. I love this passage. Now the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Jesus knew who he was, who his identity was. The other thing that we can take from this now is love is also action. Leadership is action. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothing. He wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Biggest takeaway here is that not only love in action, but also Jesus leads by example. 
He's not going to ask them to do anything that he hasn't already done. Leadership in action. Where in your life have you led and where can you lead? And lead by example. The other thing that we can also take from this passage is that love is receiving and proclaiming forgiveness. Now, when he gets to Simon Peter, Simon, Simon's a little honorary here. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. This is a common theme that sometimes whoop, the disciples, maybe perhaps even years later, finally understood what Jesus was talking about. But in verse 8, Peter says, no, you will not wash my feet. In fact, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Of course, then now Simon Peter, he changes his tune where he says, then Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus responds with those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean and you are clean, though not every one of you. So he was talking about Judas, who was about to betray him. Even Jesus as well displays great amounts of patience, especially with Peter. Peter had this habit of, you know, maybe speaking and then thinking or doing something without thinking of the full consequences or maybe making proclamations and then not following through. Yet in Jesus' eyes, he is a loving and gracious, forgiving God. And we too should as well should take that same patience, that same love, that same grace and extend it to others. Now, Jesus as well leads with a servant's heart. We too should also lead with a servant's heart. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he asks, do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord. And we're at, rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I think that probably took them by surprise. I have set you an example of what you should do, as I have done for you. Again, Jesus leads by example. And very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Something so simple yet can have such a powerful effect. Again, Jesus did not ask him to do anything that he was not willing to do himself. So to kind of recap, Jesus, he led by example. And guess what? Whether you realize it or not, you are leading others. Maybe you're a mom or a dad. You lead your family. Maybe you're that sibling, especially maybe if you're the older sibling, you're going to lead your siblings. And maybe you may not be the oldest, you may not be the youngest, maybe you're the middle child, or, or maybe you're just the quiet person in your group. I, years ago, many, many years ago, when I was still a teenager, I had a very significant moment in my life where uh, it was one of the early lessons in leadership, where my youth pastor 
he he handed all of us a note of encouragement or something that he appreciated about us. And he said uh, to me, and this is not to build me up, please. Um, but he, he pointed out that you may not necessarily lead with words, but by your quiet leadership, by your actions. Okay. Now, please, I am not great. <laughs> Believe me. But it taught me a very important lesson. Some people lead with their mouth and some people lead with their actions and by example. And whether you realize it or not, the example that you are setting has a great impact, especially for those of you who are parents. You know that it's not necessarily what you say, but it's especially what you do that your kids are watching you. But that also extends to your classmates, to your coworkers, to your friends, to your neighbors. How you act is how you're leading. Effectively, too, what you tolerate is also the standard. But you have the opportunity to make a difference. You have an opportunity to even as simple as leading yourself. Last week, we talked about taking care of ourselves. I mean, are we getting enough water? Are we getting enough food? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we taking uh, uh, the steps to make our, our health a priority? That's one way of leading yourself in a positive manner. But how are you leading your family? How are you leading your friends? How are you leading your group? We, this all affects our family dynamics. And whether, again, it's verbal or it's action, how are you going to lead? Do you want to lead with force or, as Jesus did, do you want to lead with a servant's heart? I know today's message is a little shorter than usual, but while it may be short, I believe that this is one of the most powerful lessons that we can take. So I want to give you opportunity today just to, I want to encourage you, think about how are you leading in your life? And, and again, how are you impacting those around you? The example that you're setting is it one that is faithfulness? And are we leading ex example just as Jesus did? And most importantly, are we leading with humility? Are we leading with a servant's heart? As we lead by example, people know that we're not just saying it. We are doing it. And that is one of the greatest testimonies that can, we can lead. And by God's grace, with God's strength, God's wisdom, God's courage, recognizing we're, again, just simply instruments. We are servants for the King. God can do a wonderful and amazing work through you. Sometimes I like to say even for myself, in spite of myself. So may you go forth, lead, Be a, have a servant's heart, lead by example, Never ask anybody to do anything that you would not be willing to do. And to also to be loving, to be gracious, to be forgiving. And may go forth that others may know who Jesus is, that they too as well can discover who God is and be able to want to share Jesus with others. Grace and peace. Let's pray. Father in heaven, help us, Lord. In our calling and our walk with you, Lead and guide us in where you want us to go. Give us wisdom. Give us strength. Give us courage. And Lord, where our faith may be faltering, 
remind us of who you are. Especially want to pray for all of those, Lord, who are challenged, Lord, uh, whether it's a physical challenge, Lord, perhaps maybe it's a mental and emotional point in their life where they just, they feel so empty and they have nothing left to give. Maybe for those who are struggling with their faith, Lord, again, remind them of who you are. And may we as Downey Church share who you are, that we may be a light to others, especially during this difficult time. In Jesus' name, amen. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.